welcome to TFS The Season. Merry Christmas Eve here on Talk Film Society. Uh, this is the show where we do double features of holiday films in order to celebrate the holidays in some way or another. I'm Mike. I'm Lance. And today we're going to be talking about Home Alone and Die Hard. Classics. Now, before we get started, I guess I should, you know, just say credit where credit's due. Uh, this isn't a double feature which I came up with on my own. Um, <laughs> this is one which I actually experienced in a theater here in Chicago at the the Music Box Theater, which is uh, uh, a classic movie theater in, in Wrigleyville. And uh, every year they very famously do double features of White Christmas and It's a Wonderful Life, and they do like... 10 of them in, in the in the year and and they sell out every single one but they've started doing these alternative double features where it might be like you know love actually and elf or something like that hmm. batman returns and nightmare before christmas you know things like that okay and a couple years back they did home alone and die hard and i was like that is brilliant mm-hmm. and we'll talk about why now Okay. <laughs> so let's get started with, with Home Alone. Obviously, this is a, a, a movie which I think everyone's familiar with about a little kid, Kevin McAllister, played by Macaulay Culkin, who uh, is left home alone when his family go on a trip to France, unbeknownst to them, and now he needs to basically survive the week or half week or whatever mm-hmm. um, all by himself in the scary suburbs of Chicago. <laughs> so, so Lance, when, when did you first see this movie? When I was a kid, I believe I saw this in theaters. I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah, me too. I, I saw it um, at the special sneak preview the week before it came out at the North Riverside Theater, the brand nice. new North Riverside Theater, which had just opened. And uh, the reason why I saw it the very first show is because my mom's children's choir is the choir in the church whoa yeah nice yeah i I was in the choir as a little you know 10 year old uh, but they only wanted girls so Uh, okay i'm not that i'm you know bitter about that or anything (laughs) Not that i've been holding that grudge for the past 30 years but whatever you know i see all my classmates i see my cousin in there you know that's amazing yeah but not me so yeah, it just wasn't good enough for them. Oh, well. Dang. What can you do? Missed opportunity. Yes. But aside from that, like seeing this as a 10-year-old kid, I was like, oh my God, this movie is amazing. Like this yeah. was like my favorite movie as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I don't know why, because it's not the type of movie that I would typically watch, like even as a kid, mm-hmm. but I just found it to be hilarious. I don't well, know. It, I don't know. It, it, the thing is, it's really funny. But also, I think Kevin is a is a believable kid in a lot of respects, and they give him what a lot of kids actually want, and they don't really treat him like he's like a kid. They don't really like cater the movie down to him. They just you just experience the movie through this what nine ten year old, and it's and I think it's good. Like he has a whole lot of agency, but at the same time, he still knows that he there there are certain things that he can and can't do, and that creates the the limits and the parameters of the movie. It makes it believable. Yeah, I guess that's really true. I mean, thinking about it, 
having seen it at the same age that the character is in the movie, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, you really do put yourself in that character's place, right? Yes. And maybe that's one of the reasons why I liked it is because, like, I was trying to, like, figure out, like, what I would be doing in that situation just mm-hmm. like just like he was. And I th- maybe the fact that he was so good at it, I was like, good job. Yeah, exactly. Kid, you know? But it, it, it's also, I mean, I don't know. It, it's It's interesting because, like, at the time, of course, it's all leading up to the big showdown at the end you mm-hmm. know with with the uh, with joe pesci and daniel stern that's what you're looking forward to as a kid but as an adult watching this movie i still enjoy it not as much as i did when i was 10 mm-hmm. but i find that stuff to be kind of i don't know boring but it's the the lead up to it which works a lot better for me yeah i was just about to make that point like when you're a kid like seeing him make the traps and seeing the you know the bad guys fall for the traps is like what you live for right (laughs) yeah and now as an adult yeah that stuff is still funny but thankfully number one it's only a small portion of the movie uh and then two what you're really looking for what you really enjoy about the movie is everything from when he gets left at home until he starts making the traps because all of that is the most entertaining stuff and that is where the the brilliance of the movie comes in because I think the the scene that kind of encapsulates it the most is when he goes and sees, he goes up and talks to Santa Claus and he's talking to him. He's like, I know you're not the real Santa. And he's like, um, he's like, I know you're just one of his helpers. And like, he puts, there's a pause. He's like, I know you're just one of his helpers. And, uh, Santa asks him how old he is. He's like, he's like, I'm old enough to know how it works. And so it's like, it's like the, the dichotomy of knowing that like he is a kid, but he's a little bit smarter than, than he gives himself credit for. And, adults give him credit for Mm -hmm. but at the same time he's still a kid and so i think that's and all the stuff that he gets into with that knowledge makes it more fun yeah and and it's really well thought out in that first movie you know i I just rewatched the second movie for the first Mm -hmm. time probably in like 25 years or so it's still enjoyable (laughs) it's it's okay but like i remember seeing that one in the theater too and, you know, coming out of it and, and saying, like, I think this one's even better. Because, like, before there was, like, you know, one paint can that, get, that gets thrown <laughs> in this guy's face. And now there are two, you know. They just up the stakes. Yeah. And I remember my dad, who I, I'm sure that my dad wasn't into this thing to begin with, you know. Mm-hmm. But I remember him just looking at me like what's wrong with you? You know, <laughs> like this is clearly not a better movie. Um, but you know, watching it now, I, I just rewatched both of them, uh, a couple weeks ago and rewatching the second one for the first time in 25 years or whatever. I was like, yeah, th- this does not work nearly as well as the first, which I know is like a huge revelation to the world. The second <laughs> home alone isn't as good as the first one, but you know, to like 12 year old me, it was a bit of a, a shock. Yeah. So, no, I got you. I get you. Yeah. You know, I, I, I never saw Home Alone 3 or, or any of the direct-to-video ones. Have you seen I, any of those things? No. Mm-mm. No. I, I think that there is kind of DOA. It is, but I think there's there's one possibility, I mean, to, to, to do a, like an, a true Home Alone 3, and that is it's, you know, Macaulay Culkin now, and he has a kid, and something you know hijinks ensue where the kid gets into something and it's the uh and somehow 
Pesci and Stern are involved as well, out of jail at this point in time. Like, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily have to be the bad guys, but maybe all three of them work together or something like that. That could be good. I, I know they, they have like two, well, one of them is probably dead at this point, but they had two ideas which were in the works now for one, I, I guess both of them would be remakes, mm-hmm. but one of them was just a straight up remake, which they're doing for Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, starring the, the kid who was like the the sidekick, like the, the best friend in Jojo Rabbit. Okay. Um, I mean, that, that seems like charming casting mm-hmm. and everything like that. I can get down with that. But the other one, I forget what it was called. It had a, a very f- clever title, like Stoned Alone or something like that. Or, or <laughs> But it, it was going to be a Ryan Reynolds movie, R-rated, about like a couple guys or, or one guy or whatever who gets stoned and misses his plane or whatever and his family goes off and now he needs to defend his house from robbers but the whole time he's stoned okay so so this is a ryan reynolds film starring seth rogan and uh james franco right it's gotta be right i mean (laughs) they could be the villains with a special appearance by jonah hill (laughs) there you go so i just looked it up it's called stoned alone centers around a guy whose home is burgled after he gets too high. Yeah. I would watch that. <laughs> I would definitely watch that. I mean, I then would that, that would be a great double feature. But as it stands, I guess we'll just have to settle for, for Home Alone at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a perfectly good movie. I, 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 no, I agree. I think, it, I think it's a great movie, to be quite honest. Yeah. And I think also the interesting thing now about watching it now is, uh, is Catherine O'Hara, his mom, Right. So it's it's funny how like she's having like a renaissance now because of uh, what's it on was she on Shit's Creek? Yeah. And so it's funny how like you know you go on Twitter and people are just like wait Catherine O'Hara from Shit's Creek was the mom in Home Alone. It's like yeah, she's been doing stuff for a long time, y'all. <laughs> yeah, she she's been in all the Christopher Guest movies and everything. Yeah. So our next movie is Die Hard, uh which you know has become I mean, it's 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 gone from being clever to being annoying. But yes, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Yeah, uh, but it's also the best Christmas movie, if you ask me. Yeah, you know, it, it, I love this movie so much, and it's it's funny how like people, as you as you pointed out, it's gone from being clever to annoying about like mm-hmm. whether it is a Christmas movie or not, and it definitely is. Like, I don't understand. Like, just, like I don't know why people. <laughs> People seem to not want to acknowledge that because, like, it doesn't have to, you know, be it's a wonderful life to fit that mold. Right. So and this definitely is. This falls into the category of being a Christmas movie. I mean, shoot, Friday After Next is a Christmas movie also, y'all. So, uh, you know, you could be unconventional and this is unconventional. And it's also like awesome. I think that's the best description of this movie. It's just an awesome movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's unconventional. But at the same time, it's not that unconventional i mean it's an action movie right mm-hmm. but there's no denying it's christmasness i mean i've been listening to the soundtrack basically on a loop and it's crazy how like michael Kamen like wove in all of yep. these christmas themes into the actual score mm-hmm. I, I mean everything about it just screams christmas more so than something like it's a wonderful life to be honest you know in a lot of ways yeah yeah, and 
I, I don't know. That always stuck out to me. I mean, when I was a kid, back before the internet existed, you know, I saw this movie when I was in high school and I fell in love with it instantly because I was like, this is the best action I've ever seen on film. Mm -hmm. But then when it came time to watch quote unquote Christmas movies, like I remembered like, oh, well, this is, you know, and I would like throw this on like on Thanksgiving, you know, after dinner or whatever and just say like, hey, guys, like I was I was the Internet back in <laughs> 1995 in my little house. I'm like, you know, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And like I would tell everyone at school and everything and everyone was like, shut up, you're you're stupid. Um, <laughs> but now, you know, it's become accepted. And, and I yeah. love the fact that that it is an accepted piece of the of the uh christmas canon you know yep, i agree and, and i love looking for other movies like that you know i mean this kind of i don't know i guess inspire that in me like now i'm 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 always keeping an eye out for new christmas classics like eyes wide shut for example which mm. we we covered on this show and you know go is another great one you know things like that i just i love finding that because it is just sort of like this thing where once we hit Thanksgiving, the world turns into Christmas, right? Yes. Like it's part of every piece of our, our lives at yeah. you know, that point going forward for like a whole month, whether we want it to be or not. That's true. And and I just love the fact that there are movies out there that reflect that. Mm-hmm. So and Die Hard is one of them. I agree. But it's also just a masterpiece on its own terms. Yes. The action is so well done. So yeah. well done. They just don't... They, I was going to say they don't make movies like this anymore, but they never did, really. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing about it. That, like it, it, it takes the trope of the action movies, especially of the 80s, right? And it kind of flips it on its head, especially by the casting of Bruce Willis. Because prior to him, all of the action movie stars were... You know, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, these like beefed up, you know, Carl, you know, Carl Weathers, Dolph Lundgren, these like bodybuilding football player type dudes. And you, you flip it by casting somebody like Bruce Willis. He's balding. He's not in their shape. He's the, in every man, he's a cop. Like the other guys were just like, you know, either ex military or they're just, you know, this like these superhuman things. But this is a regular dude doing these things against, you know, some people who are probably have the physique of, a Lundgren, like he, like you know, like he fights several several of those types of people in in this movie, and I think that's what really endears the movie to movie to audiences because they're just like, oh yeah, he's like this is a regular guy doing this. I I can get behind that. I could be John McClane. Yeah, and it really kind of changed things going forward. I mean, when you think about action movie stars today, right? There there aren't that many, mm-hmm. but most of them are kind of more in that Bruce Willis vein, you know? Yeah. Like one of our biggest action movie stars today is Liam Neeson, you know? Yes. Like <laughs> what? You know, and, and certainly you do get like the Jason Statham's and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um but yeah, it is much more about that sort of everyman quality. Yep. Um you know, there is like an an alternate reality where this movie goes even further in that direction. Uh it's based on a, a series of books and in the book the character, he's not called John McClane, but he is, I believe, a retired detective mm-hmm. who is not trying to save his wife. He's trying to save his daughter and grandkids. Okay. 
so he's a much older character. And um, they did one movie based on a book in the series prior to this, I think back in the 60s, called The Detective, starring Frank Sinatra. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've heard that, like, because of contracts or whatever, they actually had to offer this movie to Sinatra first, not that he would ever do it. Correct. But I could see, I mean, first off, if you haven't seen The Detective, check it out. It's a decent movie. You know, it's not Die Hard or whatever, but it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's fun. Whatever. But I could see, I I mean, you'd have to completely alter the the movie, right? You couldn't make it like an action extravaganza. But this idea of, like, one man against seven terrorists, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like I could see that working with like an older Frank Sinatra. Why not? Yeah. Right. But you could also, it could also work with, with a little kid. And I mean, I guess that's the thing, right. And, and, mm-hmm. and that's the thing about Die Hard is like, as great as the action is, it's still that home alone sort of idea of like one person against these insurmountable odds, right? Mm-hmm. And and needing to try to be clever and and sneaky and whatever in order to to outsmart them, to and, win and the all day. and all in an effort to save their family or get yep. back together with family for Christmas. Right, right. Which what could be more Christmas than that? Right, exactly. He's just trying to get home to his wife and kids. That's mm-hmm. I mean, perfect. Oh God, such a good movie. It's it a masterpiece. Is. Yeah. So uh, how how do you think these two work as a double feature? I think it's great. I wish I wish they did that down here in Houston because I'd definitely be all about that. <laughs> yeah, it, it is pretty cool. Um, I mean, now these days it's hard. I mean, well, aside from the fact that movie theaters aren't even open, but mm. both of these movies are owned by Disney now, which means it's uh, yeah almost impossible to. To, to get them in theaters, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what can you do? Um, but it, it, I do think it works really well as a double feature, you know, it, it, and I think even though Die Hard came out first, showing them like Home Alone first and then Die Hard would be the way to go because it's kind of like this character growing up, like Kevin McAllister in a way. goes into John McClane, <laughs> in you know? Way. I think yeah. that's one of those internet, like, conspiracy theories out there that you know kevin actually is you know because there's a bunch of them there's there's one where like kevin really this really didn't happen to kevin it was a dream there's one where the old man marley is 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 a is a a ghost and there's a figment of his imagination so this could be one of those where you know kevin actually grows up and it's and he's not kevin this is his name is john and this is what he just this is just what he does there you go i like it i like it that works so yeah home alone and die hard the perfect Christmas Eve double feature. Agreed. All right. So, Lance, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, they can find me at Sir Lance Laster on all of my social medias, and they can find me over on the United Federation podcast. I co-host Always Hold On to Arrow, and you can find us there on Twitter at Do Not Fail Our Pod. All right, and you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mumbles3K, and you can also find me on my website, filmdamagepod.com, doing a show called Film Damage, where we talk about Star Trek, time travel, and film projection. And you can find both of us on thenerdparty.com, doing a show called Nerd Party News, where we talk about all of the TV, film, and geek news of the week. All right, thanks for joining us. We've only got... Three more episodes, 
Be sure to tune in tomorrow, Christmas Day, for our Christmas Carol extravaganza with <laughs> John and Zach. And uh, until the next time, yippee ki Mr. Falcon. Thank you.